Sister Linda, Sister Linda was released from the hospital yesterday, and her numbers, as far as her heart rate, went up dramatically from Friday to yesterday. So they released her yesterday. And Brother Chuck says to keep them in prayer. Um, and then also, uh, Stacy Zephyr and family, who lost, uh, she lost her, is that her daughter? Okay, I don't know how to pronounce that name, but uh, Zenjo Wolfchild. So pray for the Stacy Zephyr family. And of course, all those who are ill, pray for my wife, pray for Sister Sierra, all those who are ill. So let's lift them up in prayer this morning as we, as we pray. So let's call upon the name of the Lord right now. Father, we thank you. Again, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for your presence, and we thank you for this place, O oh God, that we can come, Lord, into your house, O oh Lord. And God, we can call upon you, Father. I pray that you would look down upon us, that you would give us grace in your sight. I pray that you would minister, Lord, to our needs. Father, all those that we have lifted up, O oh God, by name. You know each and every one of them, Lord, individually. You know us all, O oh God. You know our needs, Lord. Father, we are obeying your word, and we thank you, Father, that we have that opportunity to come. As you said in your word, Lord, to cast our cares upon you, because you care for us. So, Lord, we ask that you administer, Lord, to every person, every need. God, that you, O oh Lord, would aim and strengthen, Lord, that you would encourage, that you would lift up, that you, O oh Father, would heal, that you would make whole, that you would deliver, that you would save, O oh God. We thank you for that promise, O oh Lord. Salvation, O oh God. And Lord, we ask that you would bless these services today. Bless our Sunday school classes, Lord. Bless our meeting this afternoon. Bless all your people, Lord. Let us be drawn together, Lord, by your spirit, Lord. And let us, amen, be one body, Lord. And when one place together, in one accord, O oh God, this we ask, O oh Lord. Bless us and lead us and guide us, O oh Lord, by your spirit, Father. Amen, Lord. This we pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let it be done, Lord. And we carefully give you the praise and the glory and the honor, Lord. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. Okay, you may be seated. You can be dismissed to your respective classrooms this morning. And those that remain in here can remain in here.
I want to turn your attention this morning to the book of Psalms 87. Good to see everybody here. Good to see all our visitors, our guests. Amen. As we're here to open our minds, our hearts, our entire being to the Lord and uh, acknowledge Him and His precious Word. Praise God. How many of you like to, uh, how many of you have the ability, the gift to explain, to explain things? Especially something you're well you're well versed in something that you know, something you understand. I never, I never realized, you know, I, I, I'm a, I've been a pastor for a, a long time. I've occupied uh, the ministry of an evangelist, and of course, uh, I believe what my main ministry, teaching, and and uh, and a lot of times you you. Uh, what we know, and we should never take it for granted, especially the understanding God's given us, yeah. and and especially the church and, and we as His people, uh, never realize really how important what we know is should be to us and to those who ever try to inquire from us any kind of insight or understanding concerning what we believe and uh, it's one of the things, one of the questions that were asked me in a phone conversation a few days ago and I, I keep having, I'm, I keep, I, I have been reminded lately, as of lately that I know I pastor a church here but my ministry also kind of goes out and extends to different areas and to different people so you know because of my acquaintance with them over the years they always you know, call me up when they have a question or we have a discussion in a word, and it just seems like, you know, you think you're, you've done your job here, then and it opens up to other areas and other people, and you, you go through the scripture and you go, oh wow, okay, I need to, I need to remember that uh, this is this is what I've been called to do, and so that's kind of what, what has been going on, and of course, uh, you think about it and you think about everything as far as the scripture is concerned, and even knowing what it is now uh, because in the world the term amongst you know the 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 religious the li- religious uh, uh, organizations and 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 churches I, I call them religious because that's what they are the religious and it and their explanation is is really not uh, as far as uh, what pertains to the Word of God, our understanding of what it is to when we talk about salvation, being saved, being saved, or even the expression uh, to be born again. Always, that's a controversy, and, and and I say that because people have their opinion. People have their opinion of salvation. Uh, people have their opinion of God. And people have their opinion of being born again. I thank God that I, I know the truth. 
And I thank God I understand what that is and what that means to me. So uh, we're going to start in, in the book of Psalms 87, if you will, if you're there. And right around uh, verse number uh, 5. And it says, Of Zion it shall be said. This and that man was born in her. And the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he writeth up the people that this man was born there. Selah. So in other words, you know, how many of you know your birthplace? How many know where you were born? I had to fill out an application and they asked me where I was born. So I had to put down where I was born. A lot of people probably don't even know where Rosebud is. <laughs> but I was born in Rosebud, South Dakota. So I had to put Rosebud, South Dakota. And because they wanted to know my birthplace. How many of you know where you were born? Amen. When you came into the world, you know where your birthplace is. That's important. Amen. Know where you're born. And, and uh, amen. So a lot of people, they don't realize the significance of it. But uh, when we think about it in, in, in that way, in, in that sense, even, even spiritually, because a question has to be asked. Do you know the place you were born? And were you truly born again? Praise God. And we're seeing in the scripture here where he talks about this man was born there. And that man was born there. And the Bible says, and the Lord shall count when he writeth up the people that this man was born there. So let me let me kind of give you some a little insight where it's, I really believe it's important for us to understand this, even coming to that place of what it is, because it all comes together when we talk about salvation, uh, Bible salvation. Because Bible salvation, amen, what it does is when you are saved biblically, according to Scripture, you're going to find out in order for you to be saved, you must be born again. Right. You cannot obtain salvation without the born-again process. Amen. And so we see this, and, and this is something that if the Lord keeps track of all those who are born again, right. how much more should we keep track? Right. Because he says, the Lord shall count when he writeth up the people. God knows who is truly born again. Right. He knows who has, who has been born again. Amen. Again into the kingdom of God. So he says that he will ride up. He will ride up. When he rideth up to people that this man was born there. Now let, let me explain something to you. Because when you read the, uh, the scripture. You're going to find out everything when it makes a, a comment. And especially when it makes a comment as far as people in general. When he's talking about a certain people or a population. You'll notice this that. It always speaks in the male term, are there? And so when he, when, he, when he talks about people, when he talks about nations, 
when he talks about representation of the nations, he always says men or man. Why is it that the scripture never says women or women? Doesn't recognize them. It's not, not because they don't recognize them, because man represents all humanity. So in other words, that's just his, uh, uh, how would I say, a, a brief way of explaining that man represents all mankind, male and female. So in other words, if, if, if he says, he shall, when he writes it up, he said, this man shall be born. In other words, that includes everybody. That includes the entire family of man. Praise God, male and female. So if that, if that will answer that question you have in your mind, why is it always in there? In the, in, the, in the male gender why isn't he ever talk about women in that fashion but uh, praise God now you know yeah. Yeah. Amen. Let, 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 me say, let me say something to be born again is a beautiful thing Amen. it is a beautiful thing it's a privilege Amen. and it's an honor Amen. to be born again and especially when the Lord allowed you to come into a place where you can hear about being born again. The salvation, the writer of Hebrews, when he talked about it, he didn't just say salvation. He didn't just say that. He said great salvation. So he put emphasis on the process of being born again, this great salvation. Amen. There is nothing like this salvation. That's right. There is nothing like this experience that you and I have had, amen, when we came into, amen, the church and into the knowledge of the truth. There's nothing like it. Guess what? You won't hear anything like it That's right. unless you go to a church that believes that way. That's right. That's right. Because all of them would like to try to somehow amen divert themselves from amen the truth that you know the word of God presents so to be born again is a privilege and it's an honor and if God chose you to hear the message so that you can understand what it is about being born again we should be very appreciative we should be very thankful we should be very honored that we have been given that, uh, yes. amen, that amen. experience to be born again. So think about that. So uh, first, first Peter chapter one. If you want to go there, so I'll, I'm just gonna just I, I just want to throw some things at you, and, and just we'll go uh, kind of at not so much a snail's pace, but I want you to understand about being born again. What's it? And think about this now. When we talk about there's so much about the born again experience. This is not something that you can just relegate just to something like normal. Right. That's right. Yeah. You know why? Does anybody have an explanation why we cannot compare it to just something that is normal? You said it. You said it's what? Spiritual. Spiritual. This experience is out of this world. It's a phenomenon. Even today, theologians are still trying to somehow 
understand them. And, and they look at the scripture and they go, oh, they can't understand it. So they say, well, you don't necessarily have to be born again anymore. Well, as we look into it, we'll get into it later. But to be born again, look what look what Peter says in First Peter uh, one and verse number three: "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy, according to His abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope." By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So the born again process to be born again. We're begotten into a lively hope. Now that's an explanation about this salvation. That's an explanation about the born again experience. It's a lively hope. In other words... There's nothing just really, if you want to say it that way, nothing plain or simple about it. Nothing just normal about it. You know why? Because to be born again, we're born from, and we're going to find that out. We're born from above. Okay? We'll get into that. I'm just, I'm just throwing, throwing some things in here. Verse number 23 in the same chapter, look what it says. Uh, we can probably read verse number 22. Look what it says in, in the same chapter there in, in 1 Peter. It says, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. So he said, You have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit. So in other words, obviously, the Spirit of God, the Holy, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is involved in us being led to be born again. Praise God. You cannot just come on your own. God has to intervene in our lives. And so He leads us. So look in verse number 23. Being born again. Now look what He says. Being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever so we're born again amen amen by the word of God which is incorruptible in other words guess what the pure word of God we're born again guess what when you heard the gospel the good news yes what did it do Obviously, it brought conviction upon you. Yes. That's, that's what the presence of God does. I, I don't know, some of you that are acquainted, you, you, you know the, 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 the Spirit of God, you can feel it. But some of you that do not, you're unfamiliar, you don't know what it's like to be in the presence of God, you get this little feeling of uneasiness. Natural reaction for, human, for the human uh, will is this, to get up and to leave God's presence. Right. You know why? Because you feel your insignificance. Amen. You feel that you're unworthy. Why? Because of your sin. Yeah, because right. of your human nature. So guess what? You want to exit the presence of God. Right. So, so that's why it's important for us to understand that, to be born again. The Spirit of the Lord leads us. 
the spirit in order for us to be able to have access to the presence of God it's got to be done by the leading and the infilling of his spirit praise God now so when this happens when this happens when we, we come to a place of uh, hearing you hear it just like we're hearing it today today some of you are going to be well versed in that maybe you've never heard it before but some of you are going to be well versed in this process because we're going to basically we're going to expound on it we're just going to break it down to where you can understand thoroughly I don't know why the Lord gave that to me this, this is something he gave to me a few days ago so I'm just he gave me the the letter and I said okay Lord <laughs> without knowing who is going to be here and, and I thought about this well maybe maybe the Lord wants even his people to come to that understanding if they have not really comprehended it or if they don't really understand what it is about being born again let me tell you something we, we should be on fire yeah. right yeah. I was thinking about this. You can read this on your own. If you ever read the Old Testament. That's why I said this church is different than all the other churches. You go back and you read about Israel when they were in bondage in Egypt. Of course, after Jacob and his children settled there, and there was a period of 420 years, they settled there, and a different Pharaoh rose up, and obviously the different Pharaoh wasn't as friendly as you know, his his uh, grandfather was and so you know what he did he enslaved all the Israelites and put them to, to hard bondage and amen so they served in slavery all those years and so it even went so far as they began to every every male every male child that was born to an Israelite Pharaoh put out the decree he said I want you to when a male child is born I want you to kill it but if a female is born let her live so you see that you see that uh, that story. You see that the storyline and what's taking place. And and guess what? The the midwives who were Egyptians feared God. Man. And so every time a male Israelite was born, guess what they did? They didn't they didn't fulfill his order. They didn't follow through with his orders. They kept that male child alive. Right. And and so when he inquired, why is it? Where all where are all these Israel? male babies coming from you know what the answer was well Pharaoh the Egyptian women aren't like uh, the Israelite women aren't like the Egyptian women they're lively that's what he said they're lively they're full of life so that's why they give birth before we even get there Hmm? that's the way the church should be should be lively If we're lively, guess what? We're going to give birth. Yes. So that's why it's really important for us to understand, praise God, the, the born-again process and everything that uh, you know we think about. So here's the thing. Here's a beautiful description of what takes place when you're born again. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 5 and, and verse number <clears throat> uh, uh, 17. And this is what it says. It, and this is this is... 
basically a scriptural description of the born again process all right and i want everybody to listen verse number 17 therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature you see that okay some versions have he's a new creation but this is he is a new creature so so in other words if any man be in christ he is a new creature all things are passed away everything that pertained to your old life before you came to the lord everything up to that point before you were born again all things are passed away all those old things all those regrets all the shame all the you name it all the sin all the all the negative things the bad things all up until that point all things are passed away it's taken away okay so because of that this is why this experience is not like any other experience and behold he says behold all things become new what what a summary of a description of the born again experience all things are passed away all things become new you become a new creation And it makes, does anybody know what metamorphosis is? A good example, if any of you that have, were in school and you studied science, and they talk about the caterpillar, yes. the metamorphosis, the change that takes place, guess what happens? He goes into that little cocoon, yep. poses himself up, and then after so many days, that little cocoon opens and out comes a butterfly. Yes. Takes off. Now, uh, let me give you a a metaphor. Let me give you an analogy about metamorphic. Because I'm using that example as the caterpillar. The caterpillar, before he became a butterfly, his environment was he was always crawling on the surface of the earth. He was always on the ground, so to speak. But after he makes that transformation, when that takes place, he goes through that process of metamorphosis. And he is wrapped up in that little cocoon. And after so many days, when it opens up, he's a butterfly. He flies off. Guess what? His environment changes. No more is he down here on the earth living in that environment. He's out up in the air. He's flying. That's the significance of it. That's metamorphosis. Of course... If you just look up that word, it means to be transformed. It means to change. It means to be converted. It means to be transfigured. Everything about you. So now that you know that, let's, let's, let's really dig into it. Let's really dig into it. Remember, this man and that man was born there. We're born here. Right. Nothing like this salvation. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing like it. John chapter 3. <clears throat> and we'll just kind of, we'll kind of look at some things here. And this is what it says. Verse number 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named, named Nicodemus, 
a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from, from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Wow. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, truthfully, truthfully, I say unto you, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of heaven. So he's making his first statement. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. In other words, when we look at this word, we look at that word and we say see to be able to see something, to be able to put your eyes on it and see it. You cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. But it doesn't just mean what you can focus on with your natural eye. It means, amen, what happens to us when we are born again, we are basically illuminated by the Spirit of God. So because of that illumination, that understanding, anybody ever hear that word, eureka? Yes. Amen. That's a Greek word. Eureka just means this. All of a sudden, you got a revelation. Mm -hmm. You see something, and boom, you go, oh, wow, I never knew that. So you have this revelation. You see, not just with your natural eye, but you can see in the spiritual realm, you can see because of you being born again. Now you can see the kingdom of heaven. Right. Now you can comprehend yeah. the kingdom of heaven. Yes. Now you can know the kingdom of heaven. So you see that. And so he makes that statement. So Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? That's a, that's a pretty good question. Right. How can you be born when you're old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? That, you know, I guess that's a pretty... And the only reason why, he, he couldn't... He didn't understand spiritual things. Right. He didn't understand spirit, the spiritual process. So that's why he asked it. How can a person be born again? What do you mean by that? I'm just paraphrasing. So Jesus says... Jesus answered in verse number 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee... Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, right. he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Okay? Pay attention. Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So unless you are born again, you cannot see. Unless you are born again, you cannot enter. So then he kind of gives us some more insight. Verse number six, look what he says. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That was his answer to Nicodemus. He said, hey, can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter in his mother's womb? So Jesus says, no, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. You are, have already been born. With the day we came in, out of our mother's womb, we were born right. into this world. Yes. A fleshly 
a fleshly creature, a fleshly soul. Okay, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So in other words, there is a you can be born like we were born when we came out of our mother's womb, and we can be born again. We can be born by the spirit. In other words, there's a fleshly there's a fleshly birth and there's a spiritual birth. Think about that. If you go back, uh, just keep your finger there in, in verse number, uh, chapter three. Go back to chapter one, and, and you'll see this. Read, read what it says here in verse number twelve of chapter one of, of the Gospel of John. Look what. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That word power means the right, the right to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name so he gives us the power the right to become the sons of god even to them that believe on what his name okay look what he says which were born not of blood so in other words there's that fleshly birth birth nor nor the will of man or nor you know, nor not of blood nor of the will of the flesh <clears throat> nor the will of man but of god so in other words, the born-again process has to be God. God's will. Amen. Can't be born by the will of the flesh, by the will of man. He said, but of God. So in other words, God is, is going to be the very one that is going to be in control of your spiritual birth. Right. He's the one that determines your birthday. That's right. <laughs> your spiritual That's right. birthday. Okay. How's everybody doing so far? Yeah. Amen. No, uh, nothing getting hot or nothing burning or anything like that. No wires getting crossed there and shorting out. So, 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 so look, that's what he says. Verse number six, back in, in John 3, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. We know we've all been born. We're born flesh, aren't we? We all had our natural birth. Like I was telling you the other day, I found my old birth certificate and I seen that. I said, wow. And so I was born in the flesh, but amen. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. I, I know when I was born in the Holy Ghost, when I was born again, then he says, look what he says in verse number seven. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Now this is Jesus talking. Ye must be born again. Does it say, if you feel like it? No. The only cho choice we have in the matter is to, if we want to be born again, we're going to obey. Yes. Amen. Ye must be, ye must. This is Jesus. Ye must be born again. Now, here's here's what he but here's what he brings into, you know, how would I say? Focus or insight. Because he makes a, a, a comparison here. It's, it's like an allegory. He's making a comparison of what's going on in the spiritual. Let me tell you something. 
we're so well acquainted with the material realm with the physical realm we operate in it without even thinking twice but there's one realm where that we're not acquainted with that good and that's the spiritual realm unless you have understanding of it you don't know a lot of things about the spiritual that's the way it is with that's the way it is with us before we came to the Lord wasn't it before we came to the knowledge of the truth, we didn't have any understanding of the spiritual, amen, of the spiritual life. But now we do. So here's Jesus. He's given us, amen, insight as far as when we are born again. Because he says, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. So he explains the process of what it is to be born again. He says, the wind bloweth where it listeth. In other words, the wind blows where it wants to blow. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, or whether it goeth. Now, now let, let me tell you something. How many of you can see the wind? No. But how do you know the wind is blowing? You can see the effect of the wind. We have a, a, a tree right outside of our kitchen window. My wife saw the same. Breezy outside. The reason why she says it, you can see that tree. Yep. It's moving. Why? There's a breeze. And usually, if it's pretty windy, that thing's just whipping around like this. We can't see the wind, but we know the wind is there. That's right. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Let me help you understand. We cannot see the Spirit of God, but we know He's here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's right. Because there's going to be a yes. some kind of how would I say sign or manifestation. Of the yes. Spirit of God when it's moving. Yes. And so Jesus makes that comparison and he, he, he says it's it's like the wind when it blows where it wants to blow. How many of you have ever heard of wind blowing across uh, the end of a house or you know blowing, you know, you, you know, you hear you hear that you yeah. hear the sound, you know. Yeah. And you know, hey, that's that's pretty windy because you can hear that sound. Yeah. You can't see it, but you can hear it, so you know it's windy. Yeah. You can hear it just like the other night, I woke up. What night was it when we had that wind? <clears throat> I had to pick up a bunch of broken branches in my yard because of the wind. But I think it was about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, I got up because my wife wanted me to help her back in bed. And so I woke up and I said, is that wind? Because I could hear the wind blowing out my window. I could hear it. It was a strong wind. I knew it was a strong wind. Next morning, I opened up my door and looked out. Man, branches all over my yard. I said, oh, man. What? It was a windy night. I'm just saying that because I want you to understand the Spirit of God. We cannot see the Spirit of God. Jesus is teaching us. You cannot see the Spirit of God. He's comparing it to the wind. The wind blows where it listeth, where it wants to. And thou hearest the sound thereof. You can hear it, but you cannot tell. Whence it cometh, the word goes. But you know it's there because you can hear it. Sometimes you can even feel it. So he's talking about the born again process. So look what he says when he completes his statement down in verse number 8. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Wow. You look up that word, and if you want to do some homework, I 
I encourage you to do your own homework, but look up that word. Every every instance in the New Testament scripture, in the New Testament, in the Greek, because the New Testament is written in Greek, you, you look up the word Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ, uh, the Holy Ghost, or um, the Holy Spirit. And you read that, and, and what you're going to come across in your in your concordance in the Greek is this, is the Greek word pneuma. The Greek, the Greek word pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, pneuma. Every time it mentions the Spirit of God, every time it mentions the Holy Spirit, every time it mentions the Holy Ghost, or the Spirit of Christ, the Greek word pneuma. And pneuma is translated in the Greek, It's the, the definition means this, it means breath. Breath. Wind. Spirit. So obviously, what Jesus is saying here, the Spirit comes as a wind or breath. So you think about that. You know what's really interesting? Uh, go with me to yeah, yeah, go with me to John chapter 20. Let's let's go to John chapter 20. <clears throat> this is pretty interesting. <laughs> we just got talk got done talking about breath. Pneuma, breath, wind, spirit, spirit. So here we see here in John chapter 20. <clears throat> Verses. Uh, let me let me let me find my page here. John chapter twenty and verses uh, twenty-one. It says this. Then said Jesus to them again. Does everybody have it? Yes. Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Then he says, and when he had said this. Look what it says. And he breathed on them. Numa. That's right. And saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, how can you distinguish? Let me tell you something. How could you distinguish a man from his breath? How could you separate the two? You can't. What you what you breathe, your breath, that's you, isn't it? That's right. Because you're living. That's, that's what. Right. Amen. That's right. So obviously Jesus is saying, "I'm the one that gives the Holy Ghost." Yes. He breathed Amen. on him. Receive right. me the Holy Ghost. That's right. Amen. Amen. That's what it says. The breath of God. Amen. That's right. Now, now, let me help you to understand a little bit now. Just let me help you to understand everything about us. I know a lot of uh, different beliefs and philosophies, whatever you want to call them, religions. They all have their opinion or their, their uh, story or what they believe about God or who they say their God or gods are. They all have their opinion. But did you realize this? We're created in God's image. We're created in His likeness. 
That's what the scripture says. We may be different sizes and shapes and colors, but guess what? We all are created in the similitude of God. Yes. Even though we're from different ethnicities, different nations, doesn't make a difference. Guess what? We all bleed red. And we're all flesh. You know what? You know what links us? You know what the what, what makes us common? We're we're human beings. We're humanity. We're humanity. Of course. When you read about the creative, uh, the, the the creation story in the book of Genesis, it, call, it says about Adam and Eve when God created Adam. Adam was basically the the father of mankind. In other words, so he's the father of humanity. Right. So if God created Adam in His image, guess what? We're also created in God's image. That's right. Because Adam was the father of all humanity. That's where we came from. That's yeah. right. That's where we originated from, That's even right. though we're different. That's right. That's right. Diverse yep. in in a few ways. Yep. We're all God's creation. Amen. Huh? Amen. So why did I say that? So what did God do? To, to answer, so you can understand this concept. What did God do? Well, you, you read there in Genesis chapter two, I'll let you go there. In Genesis chapter two. Just so you can understand. You read there in Genesis chapter 2. In verse number 7. Look what it says. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. That's where we came from. That's right. And look what it says. And breathed. Into his nostrils the breath of life. <laughs> so he he breathed in and I'm just I'm just kind of giving you a picture of it in a sense I'm just maybe paraphrasing a little bit so he breathed into that lump of clay he formed it because that's what we were formed out of he formed man and guess what man wasn't alive as of yet there was no life in that amen in that lump of clay so what did God do? God breathed in man. Is that what it says? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And so man became, pay attention, a living soul. Man became a living soul. In other words, guess what? God breathed into him. That's where the spirit of life came from. So man became a living, a living, a living soul. Pay attention wow. to that. So because of God's breath, we became a living soul. That's right. That that was our first existence as yes. a human being. Yes. That was our first nature. Because I want you to understand, he became a living soul says S-O-U-L. Do you know what the soul consists of? The soul consists of these elements, or these, these parts of our human being, our human nature. The, the soul consists of our five senses. 
Everybody knows what that is. Governed by our mind. And in house and all that are our emotions. So that's where the soul is. He became a, a living soul. So we understand that. We became a living being. But And our five senses help us, helped us to adapt into this economy, into this material world that we live in. So we were living souls. Up until the point where we came to know Jesus. Am I making sense? Yes. Everybody still with me? Yes. Okay. Good. So, so you think about it. So man became a living soul. I want to back that up with some more scripture. Uh, I'm, I'm, man, I tell you what. 1 Corinthians 15. Oh, man. When you're having a good time, time just flies. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's the truth. I'm, I'm just barely getting started, too. I don't know. Try not to. Okay, First uh, Corinthians 15. Did I did I tell you First Corinthians 15? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, <clears throat> let's. Uh, all right. First Corinthians 15:45. And look what the scripture says. And so it is written, the first man Adam. Does everybody see that? was made a living soul. Does everybody see that? So that backs up what we just read in Genesis 2-7, doesn't it? The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. We became alive. He breathed in us the breath of life, so we became alive. We became a living soul. So we can operate. Guess what? Because we became a living soul because of the senses and everything that's involved in the soul, we became a living soul. We could occupy and we could live in this realm, this natural realm. Because of our senses, guess what? We can smell. How many of you can smell that smoke from the wildfires in Canada? Right, amen. Uh-huh. Yep, sure That's coming from a long way. So how do you know? I can smell it. Yep. Huh? Yeah. So our senses tie us into the material realm. Hmm? Yep. I know there's some of us in here that don't love winter. Why? Because we don't like to wear the coal fields. Maybe some of us don't like summer because it's hot, sweat. Just like me, I was moving around this morning. <coughs> moving around, moving around, man, I sweat pouring out of me. Of course, I was outside doing sweat pouring out of me. I walked in, I told my wife, I'm turning the AC on. She said, oh, man, you're sweating. I said, yep, I know. <laughs> How do I know? Because when, you, when there's heat, body temp goes up. Guess what? You perspire. You perspire. So your senses ties us into this realm, to this economy. So the first man, Adam, he said was what? A living soul. Okay? Now look what he says. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. So the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Woo-hoo. Right. So he says... Verse number 46, how be it that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. In other words, the, the first man, Adam, was natural. He wasn't spiritual. That's what he's saying. He wasn't a spiritual person. He was a natural person. And after that, that which is spiritual. 
The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So in other words, that's the reason why you and I must be born again. So what do we got to do? We got to take care of all the impurities of the flesh. Because guess what? It's not good. We've been born into sin. We've been defiled. And, and you know, when Adam and Eve did that, when they opened up, when they disobeyed God's word, sin came into the picture. Sin just basically defiled the whole world. So that's why we were born into the sin. We were shaped in iniquity. In sin, our mothers conceived us. That's what the psalmist said. So we were born into sin. So we have that, amen, we have that mark against us, that defilement of our body, of our, of our flesh, of our mind, of our soul. There's not one person that doesn't have the Holy Ghost. There's not one person that can exert the true virtue of goodness and holiness. You know why? You're defiled by the flesh already. Yeah, you were right. born in sin. Yeah, yeah. Right. Woo! That's why I said, as the first man was earthy, such are they that are earthy. Guess what? That's all we know, yeah, isn't right. it? Yeah, That's how we live. That's how we existed in this life. Just being tied to this, this economy, this realm, this dimension, this earthly realm. But guess what? There's a spiritual realm. Yeah. Right. And that's what Jesus was talking about. You must be born again. You know what that word means? Born from above. Just like we were born down here, we need to be born from above. That's what he was explaining to Nicodemus. So, so he was saying it. So how is that going to be done? Well, born again. Uh, Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. I'm going to have to fight. Stamp to be continued on this. But Titus chapter 3, look what it says. In verse number 5, it says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. The washing of regeneration. Does that sound familiar to do? to you if any man be in Christ he is a new creature regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost guess what we have our human spirit that's why you're alive that's why you're breathing your human spirit but guess what your human spirit needs to be renewed by his spirit thus that's why we need to be born again what happened to you I always remember, I can't remember if it was which one of my grandpas or one of my uncles said this. You see, ever notice when, when babies are born, they come out of the womb? Of course, he's talking about, since we're, La, we're Lakota, he says, you ever listen to them when they cry? He says, you know what they say? The first words when they come out of their mama's womb when they start to cry? He says, 
いいなあいいなあ<笑> If you're not Lakota, if you don't know what that means, いいなあ means mom.、Yeah. いいなあ Never pay attention to it, but hey, that sounds like it. いいなあ Guess what? Guess what? When you're born, you come up, you make that utterance. But why? Because you're being born. Your breath comes into you. You're being born. You're meeting the outside environment. So, like he says, いいなあ So, guess what? You make a sound, you speak.、Right. Yep. It's baby gibberish. Yeah, right. Right. I, I don't know if it's like a lot of people say, goo goo gaga. I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't know if they say that, goo goo gaga or whatever. But here's the thing Jesus said, thou, he, he said this, that the wind blows where it listeth. And thou hearest the sound thereof. But canst not tell whence it cometh or whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So, in other words, you've been born, you've been brought forth of the Spirit. Remember, you're brought forth from above. This is a heavenly birth. The kingdom of heaven is coming down, and you're being born again. You're being born into that kingdom. This is a heavenly birth. So, what happens when you're born again? When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you speak. Ooh. What did Jesus say? In these, and these signs shall follow them that believe, Mark 16 17. He says, And these signs shall follow them that believe, in my name shall they cast out devils, and they shall what? Speak with new tongues.、Yep. So when you're born again according to the Spirit, guess what's going to happen? You're going to speak with new tongues. That's going to be the evidence that you have been born again. From above. Listen, listen to what happened here on the day of Pentecost in, in, amen, in Acts chapter 2. Look, look, let's look at it just real quickly. Like, in, amen, we'll, we'll, we'll stop here for today. But look at Acts chapter 2 and, and verse number 1 in, in, in the book of Acts. It says this And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Look what it says as of a rushing might of wind.、Right. Woo! And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them. I like to think of it as this way. When we were born into this world, we cried, didn't we? Yeah. We received our earthly tongue. We cried, whatever, that, whatever we said. If it was Ena or something else, we said something. We were born. That was proof of life. Yeah, right. That baby was born, so it was proof of life. Enough, whatever.、Right. Proof of life. But he says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. I like to say, this is our, this is our proof of life, the cloven tongues.、Yeah. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance.、Amen. So, being born again, guess what? Just like that baby, when he comes out of the mother's womb, begins to cry, guess what? When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, that's evidence that you receive the Holy Ghost.、Right. You've been born from above.、Amen. Guess what? So now you have been born into the heavenly realm.、Right. Remember, the first man was earthly, the second man is spiritual.、Right. 
We'll stop there for right for now. Thank you for paying attention. God bless you. We're going to go on break.